0: Chair, staff is ready
1: when you are. Good evening and welcome to the August 2nd, 2023 Sacramento Disabilities Advisory Commission meeting. This meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum.
0: Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Canada?
2: Here.
0: Commissioner Chad? Here. Commissioner Crispin? Uh, Absent. Commissioner Kramer? Here. Present. Commissioner Mercer? Here. Present. Commissioner Tosin-Boyd? Here. Commissioner Williams? Absent. Vice Chair Crowley? Present. And Chair McMillan. Yeah. Thank you, we have a quorum.
1: This meeting is virtual via Zoom. For members of the public who wish to join, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand to provide public comment when the chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your desired item. If you're online, please raise your hand at the bottom of your screen. If you're in the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping raise Hand," the raise hand option on the more tab. If you're joining by a telephone, you can raise your hand by dialing star nine and then to unmute and mute dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone number. You will have two minutes to speak once you are called upon. We will now proceed with today's agenda. Please rise for the land acknowledgement. To the original people of this land, the Nisi non people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, the Putwin Wintun peoples, and the, feder- and the people of the Wilton Rancheria. Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the act of practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. I call on Commissioner Kennedy to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance.
3: Stands one God, with
1: liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Our first uh, business today is approval of the consent calendar. Are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar?
0: Thank you, Chair. No, we do not have any members of the public that wish to speak.
1: Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Commissioner Tuzon-Boyd.
4: I was hoping that we could update the follow-up log to include Golden 1 access. So with that amendment, I would move to improve the consent
5: calendar. So to second.
1: Do we need a motion to update the follow-up log?
4: I move to approve it as as amended with the addition of
5: Golden One Access. Seconded. Motion to second.
1: Get a vote, please.
0: Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Canada? Can, Can- Aye. sorry? <laughs> Commissioner Chad? Aye. Commissioner Crispin? Commissioner Kramer? Aye. Commissioner Mercer? Aye. Commissioner Tuzen Boyd? Here. Aye. Commissioner Williams? Vice Chair Crawley? Aye. Chair McMillan? Aye. Thank you. The motion passes.
1: Thank you. Now we're going to proceed to the discussion calendar. Item one is the revision to the bicycle and uh, vehicle and bicycle parking requirements. I believe we have a, a presentation, staff presentation today.
6: Good evening, Chair McMillan and Commissioners. I'm Ryan Dodge. I'm Associate Planner in the Community Development Department planning division, long range planning section. Here tonight to introduce this project, it's revisions to vehicle and bicycle parking requirements. This covers minimum parking mandates, which is the city telling every property owner for the most part for every land use that they need to provide at least a certain number of parking spaces they can provide more if they want to. Uh, Parking maximums, which is kind of the reverse, saying you cannot provide more than a certain number of parking spaces dependent on the use and then parking management will be involved with this project as well as bicycle parking. So some policy context for this, we have the general plan update, which is currently out for public review. We have been working on this since about 2018. Back in 2021, the city council approved 10 key strategies. Ending minimum parking mandates and expanding parking maximums was one of the key strategies. Later in 2021, the city council approved uh, the housing element and there's a program in there as well, uh, which is to consider ending parking minimums and expanding parking maximums. Then the city council in 2023 also approved the planning and zoning work program uh, that covers this project. And we have the, the draft general plan and the climate action and adaptation plan also includes actions around this. So multiple proposed policies ending the minimums Uh, Expanding maximums, unbundled, the price from the land use, uh, shared parking, curbside curbside management, and prioritizing active transportation. So one thing I do want to cover, there's a state law that went into effect in January. It's called Assembly Bill uh, AB 2097. This essentially says that cities can no longer uh, mandate minimum parking within a half mile of a major transit stop, and this is for just new development projects. Uh, it's existing and planned stops. So there's a map up here that shows those half mile circles around those stops. And really, the purpose of this uh, in the bill is says the legislature finds and declares that the imposition of mandatory parking minimums can increase the cost of housing, limit the number of available units lead to an oversupply of parking spaces and increased greenhouse gas emissions. AB 2097 covers about 44% of the city. So the scope of the project uh, involves vehicle parking and bicycle parking. Uh, We'll have an existing conditions review. We'll collect some parking data. Uh, We're gonna take a look at a housing development funding assessment, best practices review, parking code changes, a parking management toolkit, and then some some final reports. So part of this is uh, community engagement. We're gonna have six small workshops called community conversations, uh, multiple public hearings and meetings uh, involving the Act of Transportation Commission, City Council, Law and Legislation Committee, uh, this commission as well, and the Planning and Design Commission. A big part of this is the working groups. We're gonna have two different working groups, one for residential areas, the other for uh, non-residential areas, which are like commercial, industrial, and mixed-use areas. Uh, So with these working groups, we're gonna have four meetings. Uh, First meeting will probably start in September, then we'll have meetings in November, December, and probably February. And then uh, the total commitment Uh, Each meeting will be about up to two hours, uh, but we do anticipate that folks in the working groups will spend about two to three hours preparing for these meetings, reading over materials and and documents that we put together. So figure about four to five hours per meeting. Uh, The expectations is that people will study outside these meetings, they will attend every meeting, uh, be on time and actively participate. So I have a couple of recommendations here. Uh, First one is to appoint one commissioner to the project working group focused on residential areas. The second recommendation is to appoint a commissioner to the project working group focused on non-residential areas. And before I return to the first recommendation, uh, what questions do you have for me?
1: Commissioner Crowley.
5: Hey, Mr. Dodge. Thank you for your presentation. Did I understand right that the working groups in the residential will have an opportunity to review how the community development goal of having housing options in residential units, for example, with the launch of the ADU plans and things of that nature that alter Sometimes the way that parcels are currently identified and how existing residential planning is subtly changing depending on the property owners um, redevelopment of their own parcel is that going to be addressed or has that been considered actually since that influences the way that the parking and the vehicle along that residential route is is that going to be addressed in this working group.
6: Thank you for the question. There is a separate study going on called called, uh, Missing Middle Housing, which is taking a look at a greater array of housing types, such as duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes. Uh, So that project's looking at parking as well. This project is strictly focused on just the parking component and the regulations and requirements that the city does, as well as the bicycle parking, Uh, with the idea to take a look at it if we do get rid of the minimum, with the idea that we can support. Uh, more affordable housing and and different housing types as well uh, to make space for it because there's limited space on each property.
7: Commissioner Mercer. So um, I just wanted to, so it's two separate groups, one that's working over on residential parking issues and one that's working over on commercial um, parking issues. Um, And I assume that part of that discussion will be about accessibility issues over in both of those um, places potentially.
6: Yeah, so the the building code, I believe, I think it's the California Building Code, uh, don't quote me on it, but there is uh, laws that if you do provide parking, uh, then a certain number of spaces have to be accessible. If we get rid of minimum parking mandates, and project owners decide to not provide any parking at all, there's no requirement that exists right now that would say you have to at least put one space in that's gonna be accessible.
1: Commissioner on Boyd.
4: Thank you for your right. presentation today. Um, One of my first questions was how did the Disabilities Advisory Commission come into play in this particular um, effort to build these groups?
6: Great question. Uh, We worked with the Planning and Design Commission on the scope of work for this project and they did bring up this potential issue that if we got rid of the minimum parking mandates, then what about people with disabilities? Uh, So we do have uh, an item In our scope to take a look at, we do have a consultant team that we hired uh, that is gonna help us with this work. Uh, And what we have listed is ADA parking requirements and access best practices around, especially in the context of getting rid of these minimum parking mandates, Uh, including the consultant will come up with recommendations.
4: So that discussion might involve uh, the city converting some on-street parking to uh, designated ADA parking potentially, if they got that type of feedback or suggestion? Okay. Great,
6: yeah, and at at this point, we just kicked off the meeting in July. We anticipate to uh, complete it by fall of 2024. At this time, for me, everything is on the table. And then I wanna go through and analyze everything and have a good reason to pull it off the table.
4: On one of your slides, you have the addition of bike parking. Is that, part of this legislation or is that just a response to providing an alternative uh, to those who are not driving?
6: Yeah, the bike parking seems like it kind of doesn't fit a little bit, Um, uh, part of the reason we have it there is because our regulations, uh, we have the Sacramento City Code, Planning and Development Code, Title 17 is where we regulate all these parking for vehicles and bicycles. And it's been several years since we've taken a look at it. So we figured this is a good opportunity to combine it, bring it into this project and take a look at it. Uh, separately, our public works department is also working on a uh, transportation demand management or TDM ordinance update uh, that's currently uh, uh, in our code and it mostly applies to employers, so that's kind of another piece of it. Uh, we also have an active transportation plan update which is called Streets for People, which is also going on at the same time. Uh, taking a look at bicycling and walking so we have all these things together as well as a 15-minute neighborhood plan as well uh, so we're all coordinating getting together and trying to figure this all out
4: great uh, this is the first time i believe that the disabilities advisory commission has been asked to participate in a working group or two working groups in, in this case uh, so thank you for including us as part of your stakeholder um, input uh, I- With these two separate working groups, is there anything in particular that would be helpful in the commissioners that um, participate, like any kind of experience, or are you just looking for um, what we bring to the table, lived experience, supporting loved ones with disabilities, having disabilities? Uh,
6: Definitely the lived experience, having a disability, um, because I don't want to speak for people with disabilities. Uh, I don't have one. Um, so I really need other folks who have this experience and know this that you're going to be my expert. So I need I need some folks.
0: Thank
4: you,
1: Vice Chair Crowley.
5: Hi again. What's the definition of bicycle that you're applying in this group? Because is it wheeled, adaptive, mobility devices?
6: It's going to be. Uh, different bicycles and tricycles and cargo bikes and might include some scooters potentially more so the uh, the shared rideables uh, shared bicycles uh, So a more conventional um, Definition of, of a bicycle at least in our code. That's how we're regulating at this time
5: And then the follow-up is kind of what uh, was just discussed of the two the residential versus the commercial Is it the residential that has more gray area where the stakeholder feedback and the disability lens is needing to be creative? Or is it the commercial and industrial mixed use because there is a concern that designation is going to get pushback because of existing federal guidelines that don't meet the needs of the people in Sacramento? Which one is more difficult to navigate from? the language you're trying to design in these working groups?
6: That's a great question. Uh, if you ask me about a year and a half, I can answer it. But since we just started the project, I'm still uh, learning a lot here. Um, I would say for, uh, the reason why we really split up the groups is uh, parking maximums in particular We're probably not gonna apply to residential neighborhoods. So it's really, that discussion should happen separately uh, to be respectful of everybody's time. Um, so, I think the, the commercial, um, I think the residential, especially if it's uh, a smaller number of units, typically the projects we see, they provide parking. They're going to do it anyway, even if we get rid of the minimums. Not in all cases. Uh, but for the commercial, uh, when, once folks leave their homes and visit all these places, that's really where we want to take a look at it as well.
1: Commissioner
0: Kramer. Yes, um, hello, Mr. Dodge. Thank you so very much for your presentation. I was just wanting to know what are the plans to prevent traffic congestion in, in the residential areas with the removal of the parking mandates?
6: Yeah, so if we get rid of uh, minimum parking mandates, really us looking at the parking management is gonna be key. We wanna manage the supply that we have. I believe it's was about, um, could have been longer, maybe 2006, could have been more recent, but we did a study of the Central City for example, and we found that there was tons of supply. Part of the issue was that folks had their own parking, they wouldn't share it with others. So you have folks looking for parking at the curb, right next to an empty parking lot in the evening that nobody needed to be there for. So we were looking at policies through uh, uh, the general plan update, in particular, looking at shared parking, unbundling the cost. This project's gonna put together a custom parking management toolkit just for us here in Sacramento based on what we do now and give us the tools we need to manage that parking in case we do see uh, projects come in that do not provide parking if we don't tell them to. Uh, a lot of times what we see now is a lot of projects, we say you don't have to provide in or you only have to provide this number. They'll supply even more than that. So it's not uncommon. Uh, there's various reasons why why uh, developments will do that. Uh, parking is an amenity for a lot of folks. So just depending on the project, they're gonna do it even if they don't have to.
4: Thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you, Ms. Dodge. Um, were you looking for, to get two names today or?
6: Yeah, so the recommendation is to appoint one commissioner to the residential group and one commissioner to the non-residential group. It can be the same person or it could be two different people.
1: Okay. We we do have uh, either one or two commissioners missing today, but um I'm guessing if there's anybody here who would like to volunteer for one of those things, feel free to do so now. Or should we, you know, can we get your contact information and let you know who's going to join, so. Um. Yeah, I think this item requires a vote. A vote?
2: for. You're supposed to take your names and doing
1: it Okay. Well, oh. Commissioner Mercer has something to say.
7: So, I know that I have concerns over around handicapped parking, but I'm not as familiar with the rest of the commission. Um, And my time is a limited resource. And I'd be kind of curious, is there somebody else who is interested over in doing this? Obviously, there are two slots. And, um, you know, I've I've heard um, some people on the commission talking about some of the issues that they've had uh, because I'm very comfortable with that, but there are some things you only know when you're trying to park a handicap van and have that experience. Um, But I don't want to hog hog that particular spotlight if I don't have to. Commissioner,
1: Vice Chair Crowley.
5: Can we put the requirements that you're asking for for the working group, four to five hours and something, study plans and do we need internet access?
6: Yeah, meetings no, some, will be virtually. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, meetings will be virtually, probably over Zoom. Uh, so internet connection, video. Uh, we'll have videos on, so uh, camera as well, and audio.
5: Just as a follow-up, when it says four meetings, quarter meeting, quarterly meetings. What was the goal again?
6: We're looking at four separate meetings. They're they're gonna be time based on deliverables that we have for the project. First one's probably gonna be mid-late September. Then we're looking November, December, and February, all subject to change.
1: Commissioner Chad?
0: I would like to be uh, recommended and interested in the non-resident
1: non-resident position okay so so the vote Mr. Hex, is throw your name out and then everybody vote them on or how, what are we actually voting on you if okay I
4: second, a a second okay Commissioner Chan's nomination for the commercial working group
1: any other nominations for the commercial working group
0: I'm a previous business owner, I had multiple businesses and I think this would be a great opportunity to see how um, the parking and the, particularly for the bicycle would work for businesses and anything outside of the residential area.
1: So we have a motion to vote, Commissioner Chan, onto the uh, non-residential commercial side of the working group. Uh,
5: motion to second.
1: Been second, so I guess we go through a vote, please. And
0: what about the second motion?
1: Raleigh was. Second. Oh, the second
0: passed to point. We have two that we're going to point. Oh.
1: Well, wow. we were going to vote on the first one. And okay, I'm just okay.
0: going to okay. Well, thank you, Chair. Let me do the vote. Commissioner Kennedy? Aye. Commissioner Chad? Aye. Commissioner Kramer? Aye. Commissioner Mercer? Aye. Commissioner Tessin Boyd? Aye. Commissioner, oh, I'm sorry, Vice Chair Crowley? Aye. Chair McMillan? Aye. Thank you. The motion passes.
1: Congratulations, Commissioner Chan. You no. and anybody like to nominate someone for the residential side? Commissioner Boyd, who's Boyd.
4: I'd like to ask Commissioner Crowley if she has bandwidth to serve on the residential working group. She has particular interest in navigating the residential spaces with um, her daughter. And um, I think she'd be a good fit if she was willing. So I would nominate her if she's willing.
1: Mr. Crowley, Vice Chair Crowley.
5: I have the bandwidth. I have the time. My questions were answered. I am grateful to receive the nomination, and I accept the nomination.
1: Could I get a second for that nomination? I second. Second. With uh, take, Commissioner Kramer. And could we vote on this one, please?
0: Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Kennedy? Aye. Commissioner Chad? Aye. Commissioner Kramer? Aye. Commissioner Mercer? Aye. Commissioner Commissioner Tussin-Boyd? Aye. Vice Chair Crowley? Aye. And Chair McMillan? Aye. Thank you, the motion passes.
1: Congratulations, there are your two new members of your working group. I did fail to ask, uh, before we got into questions here, if there were any members of the public wishing to speak on this item.
0: Thank you, Chair. We have no members of the public wishing to speak.
1: Thank you. Thank you for your presentation.
6: You are released. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And I'll be following up.
1: Thank you. Item two on the discussion calendar day is, is the uh, annual DAC report to the city. Phil, you're gonna lead us through this?
2: I am,
3: I am. Um, if I get my mic turned on. Hey, look at that, I can speak. Um, And if uh, support can by chance give me the ability to share my screen, because I was going to walk through this report a little bit with you guys. Um, Awesome, you're the best, thank you. Um, A little bit before I I go through the report um, and before you guys get real concerned, I am not actually gonna read the entire report to you guys, so we're all safe from that. Um, I do want to give a little background on the report and why we're doing this. Um, The report itself, uh, you know, is generally so advisory bodies may effectively incorporate their important role, voice and work to provide thoughtful community recommendations to the city council on a consistent basis. The personnel and public employees committee will facilitate the process uh, for advisory bodies to communicate their accomplishments, projects, priorities and recommendations with the city council which is a a lengthy uh, description of what the purpose of this report is. A little more background on it. Uh, This report is mandated by requirement 17C of the council rules of procedure, which were passed in 2022. It follows a format that was prepared by the city clerk, clerk, which essentially standardizes the annual reporting uh, format that gets passed on to PPE and ultimately, I believe, is seen by council. So let's look a little bit about the, at this report too. I'm gonna to walk through the report. I'm not gonna read all the, all the stuff, but I wanna to touch on the basic anatomy of the report, and, and then we'll kind of open it for discussion. So this is the, obviously the cover of our annual report 2023. Um, first page lists you know the Disability commi- uh, Advisory Commissioners, uh, support staff, clerk staff, et cetera. Um, let me see if I can zoom in on this so maybe it's a little easier to read. Um, IT'S A RELATIVELY SHORT REPORT Um, I THINK IT WAS DISTRIBUTED TO THE COMMISSIONERS EARLIER FOR REVIEW AND POTENTIAL COMMENTS BEFORE COMING TO THE MEETING TODAY Uh, THE FIRST PAGE REALLY TOUCHES ON THE PURPOSE AND POWERS AND DUTIES OF THE DISABILITY ADVISORY COMMISSION AND THESE ARE AS MANDATED BY CITY CODE AND I THINK WE'RE PRETTY FAMILIAR ON THAT I'M NOT GOING TO DIG DEEP INTO THIS I'M GOING TO GET MORE INTO THE MEAT OF THE REPORT SO WHEN WE GET INTO THE the ACTUAL uh, SUBJECT MATTER OF THE REPORT um, IT FIRST TOUCHES ON THE 2022 HIGHLIGHTS Um, And in this report, the the commission uh, really highlighted the recognition of seven members of the public for outstanding service to the disability community. I believe that would be the Tim Haley awards that, that were distributed this past year. Um, It also touches on the 2022 resulting conclusions recommendations for consideration. Um, And I wanted to, I'm not going to read these verbatim, but I did want to highlight them specifically in my presentation. Um, The commission does recognize recognize a drop in the incidence of shared rideables being an issue on city sidewalks. Um, And and we were excited to see that included um, for the 2022 year. It appears to have some influence and the the, uh, incidence of shared rideables on the sidewalk seems to be decreasing. Uh, the Commission also highlights that uh, continues to report that the Golden One Center is not providing desired access to peoples with disabilities as concerns for traffic, parking, and drop-off, and pickup. And the Commission also mentions on this uh, 2022 uh, recommendations, it continues to look for better solutions for access to public meetings with the online technolo- technology that is currently available. The the next section of this report touches on the commission resources, um, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. This is essentially the the financial uh, requirements for the city to continue commission business. And then we get into 2023, which is kind of the the exciting meat of the report. Um, It talks about the 2023 projects, priorities, and objectives for consideration in this report. Um, And I will read these. Uh, The provide recommendations on accessibility improvements within city projects. Provide recommendations on accessibility within city policy updates. Review and provide recommendations to the city human resources department of equity and inclusion endeavors to include people with disabilities as part of inclusive goals for hiring. Review and provide recommendations on the city's online services. Review and provide recommendations to the city's law enforcement agencies on dealing with people with disabilities. Review and provide recommendations on the accessibility of the council chambers. AND RECOGNIZE MEMBERS OF THE PUBLIC FOR OUTSTANDING CONTRIBUTIONS IN THE DISABILITY COMMUNITY WITH THE TIM HALEY AWARD. AND THEN FINALLY, THIS IS REALLY THE LAST COMPONENT uh, OF THIS REPORT. IT TALKS ABOUT THE RESOURCES REQUIRED FOR THE 2023 PROJECTS PRIORITIES AND OBJECTIVES THAT WERE JUST NAMED. AND IT HIGHLIGHTS THE RESOURCES uh, AND COSTS ASSOCIATED WITH PROVIDING THE TIM HALEY AWARDS NOT TO EXCEED $150. And that is essentially the conclusion of the report. I think in the the version that was distributed with the the agenda tonight, it includes the council rules of procedures that mandated the, the preparation of this report. What we would like to do with this report and this action for the commission tonight is either approve this report with comments. I mean, we'll open it for discussion, any edits, comments we wanna make to the report, we can opt to approve the report with comments. Or we can take it back, edit it, and bring it back to council, or sorry, to commission next meeting for formal approval after incorporating some reports and giving commissioners more time to review the report. Um, so with that brief presentation on the report, its background and what it includes, I wanted to open up to com- questions from the commissioners and the public.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll start with uh, comments from the public. Are there any members of the public wishing to comment on this?
0: Thank you, Chair. Yes, I have three speakers. The first one is Leroy Preston.
8: Okay. Let's see. Yeah. Okay. Both, yeah, the speech was written for my dad, but we decided, but we didn't know whether or not his speech would go over two minutes. So our deal was that I would cede my time to him for his speech. And my mom typed it out and it's, and we decided to use a text to speech thing because he cannot speak due to having a laryngectomy. Yeah, I can lip read, but my mom typed up a speech and should I press play on the speech or?
9: My name is Terry Preston. Here's some background on me. Prior to having a brainstem stroke seven years ago, I worked at Walk Sacramento a local nonprofit whose goal is to make our communities walkable for all. I worked in partnership with other organizations like local equity advocates. I started off as a local parent advocate at my child's school. In my work, I taught community members that all change comes from an engaged population. I worked with the community so that they could advocate for the improvements needed to make communities more accessible to those walking assisted or otherwise. I now find that I cannot get fair and equitable access to the Golden One Center. A little more history, when the arena that is now Golden One Center was being planned, I was part of the community negotiating a community benefits agreement. I was focused on making sure that there was good access for pedestrians, bicyclists, those taking public transit, and those needing assistive devices to access the facility. I'm a Kings fan and looked forward to going to games there. After the arena was built, I had the pleasure of attending games there. When I finally returned home after my stroke, my friend Ted Lane started taking me to games, where my wife would drop us off. At this time, the planned ADA drop-off point on L Street was not available, and we had to go up from 4th and J Street through a lot of construction that made the trip long and complicated. During the season that ended in 2021, we were finally able to use the L street drop-off. This made access much smoother, both for the person driving, the person assisting with my wheelchair and getting through security, which was located inside and had elevators to access the concourse nearby. Suddenly during the season that ended in 2022, we were redirected from L and seventh street and told that only paratransit and VIP parking could enter.
8: Yep, I'm only pausing it because the time is up. And I, the plan for me was to succeed my speech at time Certainly, to. Certainly, during the season
9: that ended in 2022, we were redirected from L and 7th Street and told that only paratransit and VIP parking could enter. My friend Ted wrote a complaint on my behalf that ended up at this commission where it remains unresolved. At the present time, we have been told that the drop-off is back at 4th Street, where we are supposed to enter by wheelchair into the K Street Mall area and go up to the arena. This is much farther away from the actual arena and involves traveling outdoors in what is sometimes rough weather. It takes me to the general admission entrance, which is exposed to the elements and is not set up for wheelchairs, as opposed to the paratransit drop-off, which is, and is covered, I've been told that the reason the L6 drop-off is not usable by the persons like myself who are handicapped but not using paratransit is that there are security concerns from the NBA. The Homeland Security Agency was also mentioned. Meanwhile, the ADA drop-off that had been put as part of the community benefits agreement that I worked on is being used by stretch limo vans and seems to have become a VIP drop-off and pickup zone. This is both inequitable and unfair. I am asking the commission to make a recommendation to the city council to reach out to the Kings and resolve this issue so that once again, I, and the disabled general public can use the ADA drop-off at L street and not have this area reserved for just paratransit and VIPs. It's what common sense and justice demand. And that'll be all.
8: And where should I put this?
0: Thank you for your comments. Yes. Thank you. Do we have any other members of the public? The thank you, Chair. Yes, I have one more. Yep.
8: That, thank you. Thank that you. that all...
10: good evening um, commissioners um, my name is Ted link Overstar I am uh, Terry's friend who he uh, referenced in his comments um, I don't I won't I won't re, uh, uh, reiterate what he already recounted uh, very very clearly um, I was the one who uh, raised this to uh, first through the Kings um, through my season ticket rep I have been a season ticket holder for 23 seasons, I attend games and other events at Golden One and previously at, at Arco Arena uh, for a number of years, uh, including many with Terry. And um, for the most part, we were able to access the arena up until the, the situation that he uh, recounted. Um, I assumed it was just a miscommunication among staff um, why we weren't able to get in there that night, contacted my rep and, con- and got essentially a runaround about um, Somebody's gonna get back to you, they never got back to me, all of that kind of thing. And so, um, I am very concerned. This year, uh, I've attended a number of events, took photographs of uh, uh, stretch limos and uh, casino buses occupying that space, even displacing paratransit, who theoretically is allowed to uh, use this place. Um, This is not an acceptable situation. It needs to be addressed. Aside from just disability laws, this is a public facility. It's owned by the city. Um, the Kings don't seem interested in addressing this issue. If they're not, the city needs to require them to. Um, with regard to the report, I was appreciative that the commission dealt with the, this issue. I am somewhat concerned that the comments here are uh, that Golden Center is not providing desired access to people with disabilities. I don't think it's desired. I think it's it's appropriate or adequate. I think you should look at strengthening that language. Um,
0: thank you for your comments.
10: And uh, addressing this in 2023 because it's not addressed in the 2023 report. So okay. Thank you. Thank you, thank Chair.
0: You. Thank yeah. you, Chair. I have no more public speakers.
1: Public speakers. Um, I do have some comments related to that, which I was reserving for the commissioner comments. So um, I'm going to defer uh, my comments. Um, I do like the suggestion that we change the word desired to required. Uh, that's a very strong statement, and I think we should do that. Um, going to open up for commissioners to comment on the report. Uh, commit, commissioner on board.
4: Thank you, Terry Leroy, um, for coming tonight and sharing your comments. Um, It's obviously an issue that's very important to me as a commissioner. Um, I have initially worked with Ted and Alice um, communicating back and forth with the Kings and the City um, Executive staff on this topic. It does belong in the report for 2022 as something that we worked on but it should be I think noted and in a goal under 2023 as well I did have underlined in in red the word desired um, because that was also something that um, caught my attention Um, I am really excited that we finally get to take a step towards um, bringing information TO THE COUNCIL BY WAY OF THE PPE. Um, I WAS WONDERING ABOUT THE LACK OF NARRATIVE THAT SUPPORTS SOME OF THESE ITEMS UNDER 2022 um, SPECIFICALLY THIS ARENA ISSUE AS WE HEARD CAME TO US FROM A CONSTITUENT AND WE KNOW IT'S BEEN RAISED MULTIPLE TIMES BY OTHERS WHO um, SIT ON THIS COMMISSION WHO ALSO ATTEND EVENTS WITH INDIVIDUALS USING MOBILITY DEVICES. Um, and I think some additional um, narrative on some of these items would be helpful. Also, in regards to public meeting space, I want to make sure that we're talking about both um, the in-person facility as well as what's available for those who can't make it here in person for whatever reason. Um, I did have a recommendation to change the language in the first bullet um, from ride shareable to shared rideables. It's just, the, it's just the nuance of the verbiage. Um, I am wondering what we are basing the success on. Uh, there are fewer reports, but part of that time period was also the pandemic where um, a lot of those devices were taken offline. Um, and there is, uh, I believe one, at least one fewer vendor in Sacramento as a result of post-pandemic business um, impacts. Um, we did provide some input for the city's website, um, and I wanted to add on the 2023 priorities and objectives if we could include specifically city website on the line with online services. So it says, like, online services to include the city's website because that is still a project that's, Um, going on and I have some additional comments on both of these items for Commissioner comments as well and then um, on bullet the bulletin regarding law enforcement when uh, it says on dealing with people with disabilities I think you know interacting working with dealing like desired I think lacks um, the respect and the importance of, of these relationships so um, in my fine. well, and I have another question. So topics to consider, that was on my copy. What what does that refer to, Phil? Do you know the answer to that? It was at the bottom of the page under? Yeah, I think. Is that like Josh's notes or?
3: I'm guessing that that is a holdover from the template that he received okay. from the clerk. Okay. I mean, essentially, this is the, the 2023 goals. Sorry, I'm muted. Wow. Essentially, this is the 2023 goals section. So okay. uh, I think when you get the format from the, the city clerk, any of these goals essentially are projects or uh, objectives of the commission, and so those are the items to consider when laying out those objectives. So I think that was kind of a, a bogey.
4: Okay, and then the final question is how is this uh, report going to be presented at PPE? Is it going to be under consent where they just accept it and read it, or will it actually be, um, you know, Chair McMillan presenting and we can attend and or call in? Um, to answer any questions that, that those council members might have.
3: Actually, a very fair question. This is the first time I've actually been down this road. I don't know if the clerk, staff, or Jerry, if you guys know exactly how this is received and filed. Okay. We'll endeavor to get a response to that.
1: Mr. Chan.
0: Um, I believe we had, you know, this is the ongoing issue since 2022. Um, Were we supposed to hear back from the city with the concerns of the Golden One Center parking?
3: That is a fair question as well. I am actually filling in for this meeting, obviously. I have not been party to the the meetings leading up to this, so I am not exactly sure where the previous efforts Related to the Golden One Center, have left off, but I will. I'll, I'll find out where that is. Thank you. And if we owe you a response, we're going to work on getting that for you. Thank you.
1: Commissioner Mercer.
7: Yes, um, I think um, when going over and talking about Golden One, in addition to saying required, I would um, recommend that we include words like equity because it's non-equitable, and um, and I think that. The point that um, Commissioner Tuzon Boyd made over on law enforcement agencies that uh, we need more equitable language, uh, rather than dealing with inter- interactive's kind of neutral, but something definitely that's more equitable um, over on that particular language, and then. Um, I think a lot of the – it says the commission continues to look for better solutions for access to public meetings with the online technology available. I think we also need to look at the actual physical infrastructure and make recommendations about it, even if that's a hope and a prayer. Um, We've already uh, had some discussion about people coming in here with wheelchairs and bringing um, somebody who uh, uses a wheelchair into here today. It's not – it doesn't have um, automatically opening doors, which are kind of the standard today modern up-to-date building so um, I think uh, it both online I think online is important but we also need to improve the physical um, structures um, here as well and that should be noted
5: in the report.
1: Commissioner Crowley.
5: I wanted to commend the presenters today from the public at the amount of preparation, thoughtfulness, integrity, dignity, conscientiousness, and heroic resolutions that are being sought for all of the constituents that we all represent. I have never heard a more profound, simple, and responsible presentation in the time that I've served so thank you for that so I hope I'm able to express some action steps that we can take with the limits of what we have and the knowledge that what we have to be able to address the item that we're all on which is a draft of how to communicate better as a commission to the council so that the council can take action so that there is not this gap in service to the taxpayers and the consumers when there is corporate oversight on public spaces. That's my wording of how I interpret what we're really dealing with. So I'd also like to comment that this is a fantastic example of why the work of this commission is really resourceful to the city, to the online technologies and the improvements that are making its way. And it's a very gallant effort. So whenever there is a public information presented and we're not knowledgeable, it's just one step in the direction on how to allow that grace of time for everyone to do their research. And clearly, the personal testimony and examples are just a small reflection of what we've at least heard in this snippet. From the public today as a year and a half and then some and this year and a half is very trying because we reopen as a state in this dynamic between consumerism and public access and living responsibly responsibly as neighbors within our communities across the state through the end of august so we're going to see more of this and the pandemic isolation that prevented the expression of our most disenfranchised and of people uh, of many different kinds, but particularly those who are labeled as disabled, is now being explored. So that's a positive. So what I believe needs to be highlighted in this draft is something that got lost about the current technology use that the consumer has been geared to in the last three years and that is the modern website with the 311 recording so the disability council or I'm sorry the disability advisory commission would better prepare any comment during meetings or any written report particularly when our constituents come to the meetings or use social media or talk to their neighborhood associations or reach out to the council member we can give better insight to the council, which is our role here, and help bridge the one voice to represent all of our districts by getting the data that is collected through the 311 call center. And that's what's missing. If the council doesn't have data, it comes across that we as, as commissioners are not doing our due diligence to reach out to the districts we represent. And that ties directly into why it's important that historically, we keep our seats filled until other citizens and residents want to serve. So in that way, we as a commission guarantee to our neighbors that we're always gonna keep a seat at the table regardless of the administrative challenges that come from technology, from opening doors, from a pandemic. And the data collection set is 24 hours a day. The website looks amazing with its glitches. I've gotten a lot of 404 error messages. But when someone comes to this Disability Commission meeting, there are no 404 error messages. And I just wanted the members of the public who are present today and online and listening to the recording in the future to know that. And I believe that then turns the table to a more modern 2023 goal setting. Those are my comments. Thank you.
1: Commissioner Kennedy.
11: A few years back, my father, who assisted my brother, my brother has cerebral palsy, uh, assisted my brother taking paratransit down to the Golden One Center. He remarked to me after the game was over, after the King's game was over, that he was worried that the paratransit wasn't going to be able to come into that parking spot on L Street because there was a casino uh, van there in its place. Thankfully in this circumstance the van had left by the time Paratransit showed up so there wasn't an issue. You, about a year two years ago when I went with my brother to the Foo Fighters concert at Golden One. I remember after concert's over, everyone's leaving. Uh, we're there of course on L Street waiting for Paratransit to show up. I remember my brother looking at me and asking, you know, is it going to be a problem that this a uh, large uh, sort of suburban vehicle is parked here and that paratransit won't be able to get in. it's not just paratransit getting in there. They have to be almost perfect parallel with the sidewalks so the ramp could come out. There's a, a whole art to it, you know, just making sure the ramp comes down appropriately, strapping everyone in. And at best with the way the vehicle was parked, it, I don't think it could have happened, right? So we were running through scenarios of maybe waking up my parents or my wife or to come on down to pick us up but you know uh, thank you very much for the presentation this evening uh it is an issue but ultimately though it is a city street and we are a city commission the city is responsible for our streets and i really do feel that whether through our commission or through our city council through our city we do have power to make a change to make sure that l street is accessible not only to paratransit, but to any other person with a disability that needs to use it. Thank you.
1: Philip, you wanted to add something?
11: Yeah,
3: just uh, following up on uh, Commissioner Mercer's comment. I, there is one item in this report uh, that specifies review and provide recommendations on the accessibility of the council chambers. I'm suggesting, you know, following up on kind of your your, uh, your point, perhaps we just med, out of, uh, modify that or add some language saying, or, and other city facilities where public meetings are held. Because I mean, I think it doesn't stop at just city council chambers, yeah. yeah.
1: Commissioner Mercer. Uh,
7: good. Um, and this is like a point of order. I know we talked about the video, is that gonna be later over at the end of the meeting then? That we were going to do that or we were going to do it now on this item? as part of Commissioner Comments. or the plan was to do it in the Commissioner Comments, which is the next section. That's fine. Um, so it looks like some of the suggestions as more equity language, data, um, and then narrative. And um, I think when we're doing the report, including, um, and we can go over and get um, Terry's comments um, over in a, of written form, going over, including those, I think, will be pretty important. And the original um, email that was the start of this, just um, so that so that there's there's a story there. But I uh, I'm also very impressed with the idea of getting data from 311. I think that would be a really really good idea as well. Um, and I'll just leave it at that.
1: Well, thank thank you all for your comments. Um, yeah, the three one one that is on our follow up blog. We've been asking for that data, so hopefully at a future meeting that'll get on our agenda, so we can get some of that data. Um, Mr. Hicks, I'm tell me if I go off key here, but what I'm suggesting is we pull this off uh, recommendation today. Um, because we, we can't meet outside of this forum as a group, this, um, this draft report is available to all of the commissioners. Since we can't get together, though, I think, um, you know, I don't think Phil's going to rewrite it based on the comments we, we said here. I would suggest that we all take a crack at what we would like, get it into Phil, because uh, we can't talk to each other. We have to go through Phil for now, and um, get this kind of drafted and maybe we could put this on a follow-up item to be given to us in advance of next meeting for another discussion.
2: Is there, I don't know what the timeline is with P&PE, is there a problem if we push this off to another meeting?
0: I'd have to look into it and get back to you, but I can look into it. I would think not. Yeah,
2: you could do that, as uh, the Chair said. <clears throat> and I know some of you, some of the members are new. I don't know if you've been, had a presentation on the Brown Act, but basically you don't want to communicate with each other outside of, outside of the uh, open meeting. So, um, so the chair's idea is to have each of you provide comments on the draft, provide them to, to fill, and then we'll come back uh, I guess in September and then have a new
1: draft and then vote on it at that time. That's my suggestion, yes. Sounds good. So, Phil, can you get that on the follow-up log to be on the agenda for next meeting?
3: Yeah, I probably will just leave it off the follow-up log. It'll be grandfathered into the agenda uh, for next one.
1: And I I agree
3: with that recommendation. There were some pretty substantive comments and changes it's not, these aren't the kinds of changes I think I could just go take and bring you an approvable document or call it an approvable document. So, um, yes, by all means, send me whatever commentary you have. I will go back and, and the staff running this commission will also go back and review this footage. I've been taking notes, but, um, I, I definitely encourage you guys to send me whatever you have and we'll look at getting it on the agenda for the next meeting with the revised version.
1: Oh, we're good with that. Right. Fellow commissioners to provide that feedback. The, uh, reporters. Available online with our agenda for today. So it's been there for a little bit Commissioner Crowley,
5: I just wanted to follow up with mr. Hicks's question about the timeline not the process is There a reason that the draft is not Able to be presented to the staff that is responsible because this um, what I'm trying to say is, where does this draft go to besides us? There's, uh, there's 58 pages of which we are five. Is that correct?
2: Well, I think the major attachment is the council rules of procedure to this report. That, so it's,
5: so the one. attention to the council on this by us uh, having this extension of time, which is an appropriate disability commission accommodation that we're seeking from the council, such that, the council doesn't defer the things that are on there and that we have additional items available to present that's where i just wanted some clarity before we move on is that there must be a reason it's on the file that we're discussing it today if there is a time frame then is there a process that we need to request that our additional comments and review get amended or is are we okay on time from the staff perspective for what the council is seeking this input for?
2: I, I think so. Like I said, I don't know what the, I don't think, I, I would assume a, a one month, you know, putting this off for one month wouldn't cause a huge problem. I, I'm not aware of any P&PE timeline. So. Yeah, my guess,
3: I, I will I'll work on verification of this. Um, but my my presumption at this point is that the uh, annual plan is a mandated requirement. PP&E is not going to move forward until they get, their, their annual reports from all of the commissions, um, but we'll verify that.
1: Commissioner Tuzon on board.
4: Yes, um, it's been a while um, for our commissioners that, um, and we have some new commissioners as well, but when the, the city clerk presented this, um, the ordinance change and the plan for a report going to the PPE Um, the timeline was originally that we would be quote presenting in spring 2022 we're now in fall 2023 so i think in terms of a timeline um, we're probably fine Um, and i do believe that that discussion um, at the time was that we would be among the first commissions um, committees or boards to provide a report to the pp and e so um, I I think we're probably safe and pioneers either way, so.
1: Right. Um, Moving on, we're moving on to um, commissioner comments and member comments and ideas. I'm going to take the liberty and go first myself here because this is kind of relative to this annual report. So I just wanted to ask this because I've been here a long time and I don't have these answers. (laughs) So first to establish the purpose of this commission is to provide advice and recommendations to the mayor and the city council. So how do we do that? The liaison with the city's ADA coordinators, I'm guessing that's the how. I'm going to steer this to you, Phil, for a follow-up if you can't answer it today. The procedures state that the staff support the commission by providing one or more city employees to the designated, designated by the city manager, and I'm guessing that's you. So how is that done? Once I was told that the, the, that the mayor and the council go and watch the video of our meeting. That does not seem like a good use of their time. Um, and and if they want our advice and recommendations, how can we best summarize it for their consumption? My concern is that the annual report we only get once a year to to um, provide our uh, advice and recommendations as dictated by this um, by the ordinance of why we even exist. So that was kind of news to me. That is it really only once a year that. Um, our, our recommendations are afforded to anybody and is it through this report because we haven't done this report in the three years I've been here so you know we we talk about every month we bring up things about the Golden One Centre. Well if they're only reading it once a, <laughs> once a year there's no wonder nothing's getting addressed one would think. So I yeah, you know, I don't know if you know those answers, Phil, but um, I would really like to have those answers as, as, as I think the commission would. How do we summarise? We had a lot of discussion here today. I don't expect Council members or the Mayor to watch this video to get advice and recommendations from us. There's got to be a way that we can give those in a uh, summarised, effective manner. Uh, so...
3: That is a difficult question to answer. Um, I'll have to dig into that a little bit. You know, every recommendation and issue kind of has varying weight and complexity to it, right? Um, This particular one with the Kings, you're dealing with multiple private entities, whether it be the Kings or the Golden One Center or the NBA, which makes it a little trickier um, and a higher level issue to try and tackle. Frequently, we'll get recommendations from you guys in just correspondence and at these meetings that as public works staff, we can kind of put into a hopper as far as, you know, hey, we need, there's a non-accessible path here. We can, that's some of that stuff we can handle at staff level and it doesn't necessarily make it all the way to the city council. But, I mean, I think this falls in line with that same uh, question that we had earlier on how how is this annual report received, filed, transmitted, distributed by PPE once we get it. And it's a relatively new, new process. So I will, um, I'll kind of attach this, this, inquiry along with that same question, because okay. I'm curious myself.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I was gonna, somebody had asked earlier uh, how this is gonna be agendized for P and PE. Uh, there's nothing that prevents any of you from going to that meeting and offering a public comment or offering to speak on that item and to make any, you know, uh, uh, Chair, you could, you could raise these questions that, uh, or who, whoever's there. Uh, that's one that's one way to speak to them directly
1: but we'll do that thank you because I know we have advice monthly we could give so anyway so moving on um, Commissioner two on Boyd thank you chair
4: Thank you chair I wanted uh, before I share my comments I wanted to make sure that the commissioner saw the e Public comment from self-advocate Lisa Cooley. Um, She submitted, what is the city of Sacramento doing to help increase the transportation options for transportation-dependent people in Sacramento? Um, That might be something that we consider adding to the follow-up log. I believe... THERE HAS BEEN SOME DISCUSSION ABOUT um, MORE ACCESSIBLE uh, SHARED RIDABLES OPTIONS. ALSO um, THE ACCESS TO THE um, DISABLED PARKING SPACES, HOW THOSE HAVE BEEN USED BY uh, FOOD DELIVERY SERVICES AND STUFF AS like A QUICK DROP, AND I KNOW ACTIVE TRANSPORTATION WAS LOOKING AT THAT AS WELL. So I just wanted to make sure that the commissioners were aware that we had received that public comment via e-comment in the past. Those were forwarded to us by email, but that seems to no longer be the practice of the clerk's office. Um, I have some additional comments, surprise, surprise, about Golden 1 access. Um, Myself and Commissioner um, Mercer um, have been advocating outside of these chambers on this issue with city council members. Um, So those discussions we are trying to raise that awareness whether or not we have a formal pathway to present to the full council on this issue. Um, As I know Josh is aware and um, as is Jerry that I frequently check the fourth and J location to make sure that those spaces are available (laughs) for those who are disabled during the Golden One events. And since our last meeting, um, I discovered that um, they don't reserve those spaces um, if the event anticipates having fewer than 10,000 people. That has never been brought up to us before by city staff. It's never been discussed and it wasn't until I asked about um, the Jurassic event that was on a Sunday, I think and why that those spaces weren't uh, reserved as a designated drop off point that it, did it um, come up specifically that Fourth Street is only restricted during large events expecting attendance of 10,000 or more. According to the schedule, Jurassic World had an estimated 5,000 attendees and today starts the California Classic, which is expecting 13,000 attendees for today and Wednesday. while one day it was uh, reserved for uh, as a drop-off point, the next uh, days it was not. Um, I did respond that I'd never heard that before um, and that the King's website only indicates 4th and J as a designated ADA drop-off and pick-up point to which city staff asked the King's to um, have someone clarify on the website as of today, but prior to coming to this meeting, it still says 4th and J. Also, I would just say as a member of the public, how would I know whether an event qualifies as a over 10,000 attendee event or not? I don't know that there is a mechanism for somebody like um, Mr. Preston going to attend an event to know beforehand whether L Street would be accessible. So apparently on those smaller events, L Street is open And is not subject to the same restrictions however we haven't tried that so that might be sign up to go see Disney on ice and see if you can go on L Street or something Um, though because we do know what the experience is going to those larger events concerts that area is um, reserved whether or not it's enforced um, and games LAST um, MEETING WE DISCUSSED OR I ASKED ABOUT THE uh, CITY WEBSITE ACCESSIBILITY AND STAFF REPORTED BACK TO US THAT WE HAD GOTTEN THE REPORT THAT THE the CITY WEBSITE WORK WAS COMPLETE AND WE COULD NOT EXPECT ANOTHER UPDATE. I REACHED OUT TO CITY STAFF THAT PRESENTED TO US um, BECAUSE BASED ON CLICKING AROUND ON THE WEBSITE IT DOES NOT LOOK COMPLETE. THE homepage IS NEW BUT ONCE YOU START CLICKING EVERYTHING ELSE IS OLD and confirmed that they have completed the initial phase. There is a timeline for all the different departments that goes through to March 2024. um, And there are several steps that are still in progress. So I believe that it is um, relevant that that continues to be on our follow-up log. And um, because we were looking at that report today, um, I did do a ADA check on the print version of our agenda as well as our web version of the agenda and of the city website. And there are several failures on all three of those for not being ADA accessible. So there's still work to be done and I think our role as um, advisors and advocates for um, those with disabilities continues in that area and so it is appropriate that, that those um, topics remain also on our report and our goals for 2023 and for those who have served on the commission when we've had like a work plan in the past is that what we called it phil well did we call it any report like a work plan anyway this report does two things i believe it's to share what we've worked on but then also to identify things as we had in the past we used to do that every January and this January we did not so I'm hopeful that as we get used to this that this piece will maybe be on our agenda for January 2024 um, to go back to that timeline whether or not we're presenting you know shortly thereafter but to set those annual goals at a more appropriate time thank you
1: Um. We do have a a present, a a video on the Golden One Centre. Since uh, Commissioner Tuzon Boyd was talking about that, this might be appropriate. I just wanna ask uh, Commissioners Crowley, Mercer and Kennedy if their topics were to do with the Golden One Centre as well. Okay, well, well, let's let's jump to um, Commissioner Mercer. And then we'll do the presentation, then we'll come back to um, Crowley and Kennedy. Uh,
7: Um, I don't don't have much else to add. um, But I think once we get this first annual report done, um, I think it might be uh, appropriate to explore over at that point. Uh, First of all getting it over in January and can we do interim reports in between? Um, I would think there would be nothing stopping us from doing that as it's appropriate Um, But that's my thought anyway, um, if we could roll the video At this point, can you get it up?
3: Yeah, I have it. I have it queued up Um, if staff can uh, go ahead and share my screen on the, the big screen so I can hit play Ah, oh, there we go. You guys get to see all of my video recommendations on YouTube. <laughs> um, before I hit play, I don't know if you want to give any background or lead into this. I can just hit play and roll it. Um,
7: yeah, let's just go over and hit play.
10: There's nobody appears to be here Sorry, guys. Monitoring, monitoring the bomb area. Somebody is now putting out a loading and unloading sign just at this very moment. The sign just appeared at about 6.30pm. I think we're going to have to actually go down into the street in order to get over there because there's no curb cut over there. So, uh, do
7: we want to go this way or up? are we intended to go that way?
10: I mean, I assume we're supposed to go that way cuz technically that's the drop-off point there, but there's no but there's no drop, there's no curb cut and no way to get through over to there. See, if you drop off there, you can get Yeah, dropping out. You have to go down this curb cut, but then you have to walk through the street. So, this is not optimal.
3: over at the end of the mall by yard house, I believe.
10: Is there a ramp over there? So
7: a Hopefully, spinach. there is. Did
10: you end up yeah, we did.
7: Um, and there was what looked like an house person with a like, light on it. They weren't blocking it, but it was sort of a space they were moving. I apologize.
3: I think that's part of the experience, isn't it?
10: Yeah. Uh, I'm not going
4: yeah. in yet. I'm
10: going in, I'm taking him in. She's not, yeah. all right, okay, thank you.
4: So it doesn't appear that there is an ADA entrance up top. No, I mean, and this is like
7: some follow up over, this is like me. I think it's a lot more crowded now that it's pickup time and there are a bunch of people parked and we're kind of double parked waiting here Um, and there is also a parking enforcement officer here. Yeah, and that's apparently unusual. So, as you can see, there is a handicap parking space. There is only one. There's somebody else here with the ticket parking. And it's super weird because it's got like this flat area, but To use a ramp van because my ramps gonna come out on that side I need to be next to the sidewalk uh, because this is super awkward there's like the curb cuts way back here and you can see it's partially impinged because of the bad parking job that's been done here this is just kind of a hot mess and then also there's like this pole here which just makes it really tricky it means I need to go over and have myself lined up really exactly to make sure that I don't have anything block work And it, it actually I've had to do a replacement work over on um, our side uh, ramp uh, because it's not going to be well supported if I go over and I bring it down now. Uh, I need to be up closer to the sidewalk and getting in close cutting in over on that um, is really hard especially uh, the person that's parked behind who sadly has a ticket for parking here um, is uh, you know uh, pulled up a little too far which makes it harder Uh, so also, that guy parking in front of the ramp means that the person can't get down into the street and then up on the van. Or actually, uh, no. They need to go from the street. <laughs> Sorry, I'm mixing it up. They're going to have to come. The person in the wheelchair is going to have to come up the street, go up that ramp, be on the sidewalk, and then get into the ramp and the van. Anyway, it's it was kind of a a hot mess and. Uh, <laughs> There are obviously some limitations on what the city could do because of that stairway. Um, but there are some striking issues. That, and I, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I don't envy the person who put that in. I know why it ended up that way. But that's why L Street is not appropriate. Not, not L Street. Fourth uh, Street is not an appropriate drop-off. I don't,
3: I don't mean to interrupt you, but... I would love it if you could turn your mic on, because I want to make sure I oh. make sure this gets on the recording.
7: I'm sorry. Oh,
3: no, no, I have the same problem myself. I'm not using
7: it. Okay, let me go over and get myself. Oh, my stuff. Oh, thank you for unmuting me. So uh, uh, there, are, there's only so much the city's going to be able to do to improve that drop-off space and the striping and the rest of it because of the stairway there. And that's... The, 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 I, I wouldn't envy any engineer trying to solve that particular problem. I could give them advice. I could bring my van down there, and they could see what's going on. But it's a bunch of bad trade-offs. And that's why the L Street entrance, which is set up for vans, is appropriate. And this, which is being shoehorned into it, is not appropriate. And I'll leave my editorializing there. Well, thank
1: you for the video. That's an awful long way to have to walk anyways.
7: Yes, it is. And what the is the only other choice is to go up J Street, down, is it 6th or 5th? 5th. Go down 5th Street, which is not an ADA. That's. I mean, we could probably manage it because it's a power chair. I would not want to do it in a non-power chair. I wouldn't want to go back up that even in the power chair. And it's dark and it's to get to the actual entrance that's on L Street.
4: And if I might add, if you're visually impaired, can you imagine negotiating what she just went through?
1: We do have wayfinding and things like that on our follow-up log to hear from the city and help them with that kind of stuff, right? Very important. Um, Commissioner Crowley. So we turn now, thank you. Our Vice Chair Crowley.
5: Thank you. <clears throat> For this part of the agenda, which is ideas and questions, I wanted to start by talking about yesterday was National Night Out. So I was fortunate to go into the different communities that are around where I usually uh, live and play. And I was very pleased to see Council Member Maples, Chief of Staff, making the rounds. National Night Out, historically, as I understand it, was something that the neighborhood associations and the police department and all of that would kind of uh, implement nationwide. And what I thought very unique to what my experience was in four different areas, Um, anywhere that we had a presentation since last November, I tried to pop in. So District 2, District 3, District 5, um, and a district I'm not aware of, but where that corridor is, and I think that's still District 5, where uh, Fruit Ridge is having the current um, street uh, corridors, whatever it's all called, engineering terms. Anyway, the point I'm making is that what came up to me yesterday was how hospitable and how open and receptive council has, is trying to re-engage with the neighborhoods. So I found that to be very exciting because that's the only way that um, everyone be- can become aware. And the thing that I wanted to ask was how much of what we do here in our reports or the notes that we take and the comments that we uh, make, really reflect what our neighborhoods are doing or experiencing. So there's a civility with what we have to do here in the commission, but it was really nice to have all the neighbors in different areas comment on the same thing and that it was nice to get out, to be seen, and to be heard. So if all we did as a city was to be seen to get out to be seen and be heard, then we're doing exactly what we're supposed to do as neighbors to one another. And I've never found a solution to a problem that came from notes. It's always been from action and working together. So I'm very pleased that as we go into the fall, the city's propped itself up to one major thing that I Admire is that we're all trying to be educators of ourselves and our communities. And if this could just continue in that vein, if I was a, I am one, but if I was coming to do a presentation as a citizen, it's boring, it feels long winded, it feels self righteous, but when we're in the neighborhoods, it feels that we're all. Uh, that we're not um, lost in our own narrative. So I was very um, happy that a council member, even though they can't come, heard what everyone was doing in a formal way. So if we can mirror that, that's the question I ask myself. How do I mirror that so that I'm not frustrated if I'm sitting on the other side wondering why my quality of life of myself and my friends can 't find a voice, so I just wanted to say on record uh, it's a very it 's not a privilege it 's a responsibility to be here to try to figure out how can those of us who volunteer allow that voice to be heard without getting caught up in everyone else 's job to do things because it 's not our job it 's our life, and so uh, I I am glad to be part of this living community with you all. Those are my comments.
11: Commissioner Kennedy. Thank you. Uh, Last week, week I received an email. I received an email stating that my time here on the commission had uh, come to an end. It was uh, unexpected. But at the same time, though, I wanted to use this as an opportunity, just maybe share a few things, a few words, and a few thank yous and such. So please uh, bear with me. Gosh, six years ago, in November of uh, 2017, I joined this commission. At that time, we were meeting, not here in council chambers, but in that little room, that little room back there behind council chambers. Uh, it was difficult at best to not only kind of squeeze ourselves into a little room there around that table but also it was it was tough when we'd have guests especially anyone with a disability there was really no one for, or nowhere for them to sit no no access even even the uh, presentations that we had in front of us uh, it, it was very rare to get anything on any major on any major projects that were going in front of the city or being developed in the city you know we uh, definitely uh, were not really in the loop but one of the things that was always really important to me, especially when I was chair twice of this commission and vice chair twice, was to get the uh, this commission out in the open, get this commission to be at the same level, same level of respect as the other commissions. And that first step was moving this commission, moving our meetings into council chambers, right? Not only is there far more room for The public to access us but also it's the idea of respect here we are sitting where the city council sits right we're on par we're even with where the other commissions have their meetings so that was a great step forward the next step was making sure that our commission was part of the loop when any major project was going to go in front of the city or in front of another commission or be developed in our city that we would be a stopping point that we would be a stopping point and in it, it, just even this evening, right, hearing, hearing about our commissioners going to join work groups and their, our annual plan, you know, consisting of the, all this great ideas and feedback, things we can be doing. We, we've come so far. We've come such a long way in six years, and and that's that's really a, a great thing to see. You know, also the development of the Tim Haley Awards. Our, our friend the late Tim Haley you know sadly passing on and putting it together putting together this award that recognizes those in our community go above and beyond to help out people with disabilities I think it's going to be something really great going forward for this Commission and also thank you so I want to thank our coordinators Jamie Keeney Philip Dulé, and Josh Warner you know thank you always for your assistance over the uh, assistance over the years and Mr. Hicks thank you very much sir for for everything, for your guidance as well. Uh, Jennifer Dolan-Wyatt, uh, she has been a huge advocate of ours in helping our commission move into a place now where major projects always make their way in front of us. I really appreciate all her help and support. My fellow commissioners, uh, Mo, Alan, and all our new commissioners. Brandy, thank you so much. I've been, over the years, there's been so many times You know, you've been... A great, uh, not only a great friend, but a great source of feedback and support. I appreciate all all your your help and support. You know, uh, our time here on this commission is limited. We used to get two three year terms. Now, great, thankfully, uh, our new commissioners get two four year terms. And please uh, don't take it for granted. You know, it will fly by. Time does fly by. But you know, take advantage. Of this opportunity to be on this Commission to make our community our city a better place for our disabled population you know I, I know I just looking around at this Commission listening to our new commissioners and the commissioners I've had the pleasure of being friends with for years I, you know we are in such a good place going forward you know there's such a strong commitment from each Commissioner as to wanting to make our city a better place it's it's really remarkable It's really remarkable. Even last Saturday, I ran into Commissioner Kramer at uh, the the State Fair, right? And just a brief conversation. But one of the last things we talked about is uh, Commissioner Kramer's like, I got some, I got some big ideas I want to share soon at a meeting. And that's just—it really hit me. You know, our commissions in a good place. It's no longer, oh, just something you forget about in a room that isn't council chambers. It isn't something that nobody really ever visits. It's now a main part of how our city operates. And for that, you know, I'm very grateful. I'm grateful for all your uh, help and support over the years. You know, I wish I had more time, but it is—it is what it is. And uh thank you guys for everything. You guys are amazing. You're going to do so many continue to do so many great things for us to do. Thank you guys very much.
1: Thank you, Will. Um, my first meeting was in that room and it was the meeting that you got voted your first uh, as chair and uh, you were relentless about getting out of that room. So <laughs> <laughs> you you had a lot to do with the way it's come. And I agree that my, my not as many years, um, you going over to Brandy um, and the leadership has been Been quite phenomenal, and uh, I I I envy the current commissioners coming into a a well more established environment than what we had to start with. But it's it's good. But thank you. I also like to um, point out that um, unless I get told otherwise, I expect you to be here until your seat is filled. That's what the rule says, and uh, by gosh, I'm a rule follower. So uh, you're more welcome to be here until such time as your seat is taken. I think that's pretty clear, so I, I expect to see you here. Um, with that, I, too, want to thank the members of the public being here tonight. Thank you so much for your, um, your messages, your inspiration. It means a lot to us. Uh, it, it, uh, we're, we're up here trying to get something done, and your support is, is really helpful. Thanking the city staff for being here tonight with us, as usual, uh, putting this thing. I will ask um, Phil just to let us, let us know what's going on. Uh, Josh has left his position and will no longer be filling this. Phil is not filling. Phil is not replacing Josh in this capacity, but he does have a new name for us, and I hope that person might be ready for the next meeting. Is that correct?
3: that is correct Uh, we're we're still shaking it out Josh has not left the city Josh is just moving over to maintenance services where he will be fielding lots of ramp replacement doing a lot of the stuff he's already been doing just a different section of Public Works Um, this will end his time as the staff liaison uh, for the disabilities Advisory Commission Uh, the next uh, staff liaison for this is going to be Jesse Gothen who is a supervising engineer in our funding and project development section uh, in engineering services and public works. He is the supervisor of the engineers that prepare and submit the Barton perspective plan on an annual basis. Uh, So there's a a big nexus and, you know, dovetail uh, as far as his role, and the engineers that work for him and disability uh, issues throughout the city. So he's a great choice for it. Um, he just happens to be on vacation, otherwise he would be running this meeting as well. We will be setting up a meeting uh, with you, Alan, to, to meet with Jesse, and for the next meeting, I'll be working with Jesse to help make sure everything's prepared, but Jesse probably doesn't need my help at all. He's very good at his job. So uh, you guys will be in excellent hands, and we'll be uh, you know, ironing out all the kinks in this transition, but I appreciate you guys your guys' patience and working with us as we do.
1: Well, we look forward to the uh, expanded growth in the relationship. Um, we do have Commissioner Mercer.
7: Yeah, just really quick. So um, our edits over to the report, we can send them to you for now? Okay.
4: That's...
1: Commissioner on board.
4: And uh, do our new commissioners have Phil's email would be my Follow-up question to that. I have your email. Make sure that everybody has it.
3: I would say you guys will be just fine sending them to Josh as well. Um, mm-hmm. Josh will share them with me. I, I will kind of be taking over the, the role for the next month and helping Jesse get, his, get under his feet under him. But I talk to Josh on a daily basis, so, um,
2: yeah. And your email is on the agenda for tonight as
4: well. Oh, is it? Yeah and my gosh it is <laughs> is uh will jesse be taking over josh's role in the ada committee
3: as far as uh, the CDA, uh, the ada coordinator for public right away essentially
4: no the there's a committee of oh. ada coordinators that's supposed to be
3: a liaison
4: it's yes interfacing with josh so will that those folks now be interfacing with jesse, jesse
3: or one of his direct reports will Um, I think we've kind of found that this is—it's a a difficult liaison job for a variety of reasons for just a single person, you know, with other project workload. Jesse's actually going to have a team of engineers helping him out with that. So, um, yeah, either Jesse or one of his engineers underneath him will be taking part in that committee.
4: I would just hate for us to lose the momentum that we have. So,
3: we're not going to let that happen.
4: Thank you. This Phil, you're on record.
1: (laughs) (laughs) With that. Thanks again, everybody. This meeting is adjourned.